Pickaxe. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, good evening, come one and all. Welcome to another Podiots. I was going to think of a special occasion, but there's nothing in January, is it? It's just a desolate nah. wasteland. It's the special Burns Night episode. Welcome. Ooh. Ooh. Burns um, Week? Burns Fortnight? Burns, yeah, because it won't be out until several days after Burns Night. So Burns Burns Week. Um, yeah. Your number one stop mm-hmm. shop podcast yeah. for all of your Robert Burns <laughs> Poetry Brilliant. and sort of Scottish nationalism. Good. Um, presented by three Englishmen. Yeah. Of course. Just how uh, Scotland likes it. Mm-hmm. I, I was expecting more bonfires from um, searching it, but no, there's just a lot of haggis in front of me at the minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's no there's no burning on Burns Night. <laughs> Boo. This is bullshit. <laughs> you guys ever celebrated Burns Night? Never. No, I, I, I don't think I've ever even read up about it until this very moment. Okay. <laughs> With the professionals on the matter now. Is it a national holiday? See, these are the kind of questions we need to ask. <laughs> Probably. You'd think is it a national holiday in Scotland? It's the kind of thing we should know, yeah. Um, I think it probably is, but I don't know. Because if it is, I feel hard done by as someone from a country that doesn't have that national Yeah, holiday. where's our extra day off? Yeah. Where's our fair? I want one. When's International Men's Day is what I want to know. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's about, about time, time we got our juice. <laughs> Question on everyone's lips. We've had it too hard for too long. Yeah. We're making our voices known like never before. Yeah. <laughs> I demand not only an International Men's Day, but an International mm-hmm. White Cis Western Males Day. Um, Great. You know? Just to... The sign that doesn't exist is already a clear indicator of oppression on those guys, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> God, we really hit the ground running here. Burns night and depression. It's a it's, it's, it's stormer. It's going to be amazing. a splendid episode. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Poddy. It's the official... Vidiots podcast. podcast. It's a conversational podcast where we take some questions from you at home and obey the law of the three us, where everybody brings a, a thing along to, to talk about. about. I'm Ben. I'm Peter. And I'm Michael. Hi, boys. Hello. Hello. Pretty good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Second podcast. Of, second podcast? Yes. Yes. Second podcast yes, of 2022. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. We're going on strong. How do we feel? Great. Pumped up, energized, Great. and ready to sell. Sell. 
just uh, sell hopes and dreams. That's what this podcast's all about, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I can get on board with that. We could do with a little positivity. January's a bit of a, a, a shitty month, isn't it? Yeah. Known hopes and dreams traffickers. Podiots. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> A lorry was stopped outside the channel tunnel, <laughs> filled with hopes and dreams. Yeah, that had not been declared at customs. They're awaiting deportation. Mm. We'll have none of those there, says Boris. There's now going to be lasting supply chain issues, and it may be a while before we can replenish stock. Mm-hmm. Take them back to Europe, where they belong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. None of that. None of that muck over here, thank you. We'll be miserable. Mm. And that's the way we like it. Yeah. Uh, it's a conversational podcast. Um, I was just going to let that hang. I just wanted yeah. that to just sort of hang for a minute. <laughs> just really breathe felt, it in. I felt really uncomfortable about, yeah. about that. Um, can we? Do you reckon we can make it more uncomfortable? Oh, absolutely. You can always make it more uncomfortable. If we just sort of... Oh, it's quite nasty, actually, isn't it? <laughs> a lot of that really went on for a long time. I was, I was ready. I was settling in. But, you know... <laughs> I was bubbling up. That was awful. That's oh. well. You are the hopes and dreams uh, vendor, Mikey. Damn right. So we shan't delay any longer. Hey, do you have you enjoyed what you've heard so far? Have you? Have you? <laughs> well, why? why? I bet you have. <laughs> why? Why have you enjoyed it? Let us know or don't. You know that's also fine. Uh, if you have though, and you fancy supporting us and thinking, wow, that was top quality <laughs> silence there that I heard, and I I must pay a premium for it. You can go to streamlabs.com forward slash poddy. It's donations. Donate three pounds or more, and you'll get a shout out at the beginning and the end of the show, and you'll get our everlasting love and appreciation. You help us to keep doing what we're doing in our spare time. We love doing it, but the money, man, it really helps. It oh, really, it really helps, it's and it nice also helps us buy Lucy's, which we have sent precisely one message this year about sorting out so it is happening yeah um you know things are yeah it will um, it will happen it's i promise Uh, we have three different squads platoons groups here it's split between the three of us mikey has the first group we begin with the pumpy platoon who proudly profit well didn't profit but helped support that five seconds of silence thank you all very much we begin Mm -hmm. with the powerful the generous Plops ahoy! And they say, I have money. Now you have money. We're all but cogs in the capitalist machine. Please spend previously on pick and mix or whatever the fuck an NFT is. Kiss, kiss. Mm. Will do. Thank you, Plops. Mm. Next up is the generous Wordle Warrior. They say, my partner of nine years left me in November and I've been really struggling to cope. However, the Triple Jump YouTube channel, these podcasts, and Cultaholic have helped me smile and laugh in this very bleak time. So this, a very small thank you to all, to you all. Love you, boys. Love you too, Wordle. Love you too. Oh, Keep you doing, doing good. Yeah, glad we yeah. can help. Bless you. Queen Clit of the Elven Cunts. Wowie, oh, what a string God. of syllables. <laughs> that, was, that was a really upsetting... Uh, <sighs> sequence of words that's what Mm. i'm trying to say powerful don't know if i enjoyed that but we move on to the friendly face of pro trainer and the generous gay for mole man and they say hello lads recently started a new job after two years of unemployment thanks for helping me keep saying in that time just wanted to give a little something back cheers again and all the best brandon cheers lad much appreciated yeah well done we got jason allenby Naked Chegwin's work event. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Katie Kin Solo. 
David's dick in son, <laughs> lovely. Ben saved my drunk uncle. Wagatha Christie, Big Titty Jesus 42, Mr. David Dickinson, Donak 07, and Mr. Blobby becomes a fireman. Thank you all very much. Uh, in the tiny troop this fortnight is Arse Face, Mr. Black, Dabatha Christie, oh, I see. <laughs> um, Caroline, where's the stopcock? <laughs> Stucalicious. I'm trapped in Mikey's garden. Kevin from Con, Hawkman105, Stephen Skodes, Lobrotovich, Yadar Sells Avon, Joseph Starlinia, uh, you know it's all about the coom, uh, Trelex, who was exceedingly oh, generous, God. and you're about to be given enough clues to work out how generous. Uh, they said, I feel like I've been neglecting my favourite good boys. So here is a dollar for each of... Uh, a dollar for each of you for every episode you've made. But Jesus. it's in Canadian loonies, which I believe is about 18 UK cent monies. Sorry. Okay, <laughs> love you. Bye. Um, wow, we trailer. Well, Thank a, you. Like, Thank you. That's a question you get in a maths exam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thank you very much. And the very last one on my list is Wilma Bowl is be kissed. Have I done that right? Um, Wilma Bowles be kissed. Oh, Wilma, I see. There, we oh, there you go. go. I thought that was an uppercase I. Wilma uh, Bowles be kissed. Wilma Bowles be kissed. <laughs> I like that. That's cute. Uh, finally, we have the fast crew. We've got Mike Hunt, Sting, Saylot. There we are. Hope I ruined that for you. Uh, Councilman Dexterous, I'm in your walls, Neil. Pingu's dad burnt down the igloo. No. Come Tuesday, Mr. Macker. The very generous reggae reggae horse who says, Hey boys or girls, I recently came into possession of a Dave Benson Phillips poster through a friend of my dad. And nice. who boy, let me tell you, waking up to that smiling face is worse than any paralysis demon. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Thank really you, reggae horse. It. Thank you. Jules here, I did no shid or fard. <laughs> Good, finally got closure on the matter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cunther McDumbo. Just keep swimming, Ash. Sorry, drunk last donation. Phase one, collect underpants. Phase two, question marks. Phase three, profit. <laughs> good. That's good. Right. Wonderful ordering. Well done. Yeah, mm. did it. Nailed it. And finally, Finn Tristam. Thank you, everyone. That's your Pod Squad for this week. If you'd like to get a Pod Squad shout out at the beginning and the end of the podcast, streamlabs.com forward slash poddy. It's donations. Three pounds or more. We love you. We love you. Delightful. We love you all. Would you guys like a quest, John? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Speaking of sad January. We go to Don Donna 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 D O N A G H Donna Yeah Donna 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 I suppose Okay at oh very good Mikey love thank you sorry say that again for me I said I Donna he said it better than that. <laughs> he said it, it was way better the first. He had to be there. You had to that's be just, there, yeah, Ben. You weren't there. Sorry. Let's just, let's just roll on, please. I was too busy trying to desperately read Donas um, at at La Briethe Donna. Oh, I've got no idea it's, what's going on. It's our language. Um, mm -hmm. January can be a rough month. What's your go-to comfort watch, be it a series or film? Now, I know we've spoken about our comfort series before, but I thought maybe we could be a bit more specific and just talk about things we've watched this January that we've enjoyed. Oh, okay. Ooh, that, okay. Does that work for you, boys? Yeah. Yes, it does. 
Um, I mean, I think almost everything I've watched this January, certainly what that I can think of, isn't necessarily a comfort show. Um, but I've I've watched a couple of true crime things recently. Uh, mm. I saw one about um, uh, like Mormonism, and yeah. uh, th- there were there's like this whole trade of like Mormon documents that's really big in in America um, and in the Mormon Church. Because Mormonism is only like, well, it, it's American, therefore it's only a couple of hundred years old at, at most. Um, it means that it's like a modern faith that, like the the documents that are its basis, still exist out there, yeah, and that's why there's right. this huge trade about it. Um, and uh, it, it's about like someone who sets off car bombs. To kill oh people who are trading in in these in this stuff, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Uh, it was on Netflix. Um, hang on, let me. Let me I'll, I'll Google it. But, okay, uh, is it Murder Among the Mormons? By yes, name? that'll be it. Yeah, Murder Among the Mormons. It sounds like a Doctor Zeus book, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> Green Eggs and Ham. Um, but uh, yeah, I it was like really compelling, um, and then. As well as that, I saw this like crazy thing about a con man. In fact, that's that's a really recent thing. I think it's only just come out, so it's been like trending on Netflix. Um, it was called the the Puppet Master or the Puppeteer or something, mm-hmm. and it's about this guy who. I mean, I don't want to spoil it too much because it's one of those where you just can't stop watching, and there's just new developments and cliffhangers at the end of every episode. But again, it's like a true crime uh, documentary by Netflix about this bloke who like tells people he works for MI5 and he he like just is able to reel them in and then he is he like has them in his car and he's like driving them all over the country and they think that he's protecting them from the IRA and it is just absolutely insane that this thing happened and that he managed to do it for so long and to so many people uh, and the guy is still out there with oh uh, the mother of this family. He went to prison for like some stuff, and then he got uh, he he got out. And now the whole reason the show has been made is because this family, their mum has like gone off with him, and they they have like a little bit of contact with her. And whenever they speak to her, she says like she's not there under duress. She knows that he's a convicted con man, but she loves him and like she believes everything he's saying oh, to wow. her. Uh, and they're out there and they don't really know where they are or what they're doing and it's just wild it's unbelievable um so lots of fun yes yeah so certainly not uh lovely warming uh (laughs) comforting stuff to watch with your january but if you really want to lean into the depression and the cold dark nights (laughs) then go for those two uh puppet puppet master i think it's called and murder among the mormons excellent wow yeah to my list i've um started paddling in the waters of Alan Partridge properly after years of never really watching any <laughs> yeah. of it. So I, I, okay. I had a good watch through of all of I'm Alan Partridge and that's just, it is fantastic. It's very good. It's very yeah. cringy, horrible, horrible mm. goodness and a big fan of it. Of, of course, Give me a second uh... series. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. It's so pitiful to watch this man clamber through life. Yeah. It's, it's spectacular. And of course, his newer series uh, this time is more of like a spoof on just horribly benign daytime TV. Yeah, oh, is that the one it's... where he he lucks into the role after someone 
falls in. Yes, someone. Yeah, I watched yes. that. That was brilliantly uncomfortable, wasn't it? It's so good. Yeah, it's, I, I really love because someone who despises most daytime TV, it just perfectly sums up just how nothing it all is. Yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, it's it's fantastic. If you and if then you, ironically, if you look- you've got um, what's his name, Richard Madeley, actually presents. Uh, is it this morning or Good Morning Britain or something? Occasionally, like he he will just dip into that, and the whole thing is that he's just accidental partridge, the man, constantly. <laughs> so. It's really like reality kind of mirroring fiction and mm. God, yeah, horrendous. I can't remember any specifically, but I love the, you know, the segments that they cut away to, especially the Partridge presented ones. And they're all just like really tedious. I, again, I wish I could, <laughs> wish I could name one in particular because I only watched it last year, but it was just, just his, his presenting style is just so comedically naff that yeah. i just i love it you know he's talking about the most boring stuff he's getting into his car and he puts on his driving <laughs> gloves and stuff and it's uh, mm. it's just so it's so good it is a work of art yeah like properly does justice to the the awkward clunky style of everything i think yeah, yeah like, like you're saying that just the weird shots and him walking around these places trying to trying to report on things but really having no idea what's going on <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you can say what you like about like what what's the top you know, the, the best kind of sitcom or like British comedy or something of all time. And like, that's hugely up for debate, even like a top 10. But certainly as a character, like Alan Partridge has got to be one of the very best characters alone, like ever created. He's I so think. believable. Yeah. Like yeah. A person like that could exist. I love it. It's yeah. 20 years strong as well. So it's got it's, well over 20 years, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's been going for a long, long time. It's got legs. It sure do. Simply goes. What about um, you, Ben? Well, I I watched Encanto. Encanto. Mm. It's so, oh, it's so good. It's so good. The music is phenomenal, and it's been stuck in my head, and I've been listening to it on Spotify as well. All arranged by Lin Lin Manuel Miranda, and it's uh, it's flipping excellent. So I'd recommend that delightful animated movie film. Um, if you've got the Disney Plus, you can watch it on there. But it's, yeah, really, really good. And, Ooh, it's um, still in the cinema as well, so I might have to get it along. Oh, well, yeah. I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. I think it's it's just, it's so lovely. And there's, what I like the most about it, and I've seen a lot of people talk about it, is that there's no villain. There's no, like, archetypal villain. It's just sort of, the, the strife is internal for a lot right. of the characters. And it's it's all about them overcoming and accepting things. And it's it's lovely. It's just a really lovely film. Oh, lovely. I recommend it very much. Um, besides that, <clears throat> TV-wise, I watched The Witcher Season 2. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Everyone loves to stare at grubby Henry Cavill, right? <laughs> yeah. Everyone sure. loves that. It was good. I enjoyed it more than the first season, which obviously chronologically, well, it wasn't. And that's why it was so That's why it was so confusing, because it time-hopped all over the place. But the second season was linear, and that was great, and I really liked that. Um I'd recommend Tacoma FD as well is a great comedy series um, mm-hmm. about a a fire department in a US town that gets sort of an absurd amount of rainfall. So they're, they're not that busy. <laughs> and right. when they do go out, it's just like a kid is stuck in the well or someone's got his dick stuck in something like a can <laughs> and he needs he needs help. It's oh, I'm on board with this. It's good. I, I enjoy it. I think it's quite fun. 
Um, it's not one of the mainstream sitcoms, uh, but it, it's it's pretty good. I would recommend it very much. Hi. Nice. Thank you very much, Ben. That's all right. Who would like to do a thing? Yes. Go on. Oh. Mine's a very short thing today. Um, Just a little thing. A tiny Peter. It is a tiny Peter, tiny thing. Um, But it's something I've wanted to bring along for a long time. Um, And I've just not because it is so short. But I just love that it it exists. So I probably really built it up there as something fantastic. It's not... (laughs) It's nothing wild, but uh, it it I'm just on the seemed edge of my seat. seemed like prime podiatrist material. That's all. So, okay, um, nice. are you boys aware of the glass harmonica? It's that no. instrument that has like spinning glass bowls, and you wet your fingers, and then you rub your fingers on it. Let me post a picture. Oh, like when thing. you play, glass is filled with. Yeah, it is like it's exactly the same principle as when you rub the rim of a oh, okay. like a wine glass, and it, if you have the right pressure and if your finger is wet, it will like resonate the wine glass. Oh, it's um, like some kind of giant sperm from a deep sea creature. Yeah, it's a bit strange, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> so let me read to you about the glass harmonica because there is a, an aspect of the glass harmonica culture and history that is very strange um, that I happened upon recently. So this is a weird capitia. Uh, we go to Wikipedia itself. The glass harmonica, also known as the glass harmonica with, with no H, um, the glass harmonium, the bowl organ, the hydrocristallophone, or simply oh the harmonica or harmonica, Jesus, <laughs> is a type of musical instrument that uses a series of glass bowls or goblets graduated in size to produce musical tones by means of friction. Instruments of this type are known as friction idiophones. Um, now, Mikey, yes, uh, got a little, a little, little treat for you here. So, the f- <laughs> this is a, a little section called Forerunners. Um, because its uh, sounding portion is made of glass, the glass harmonica is a type of crystallophone. The phenomenon of rubbing a wet finger around the uh, rim of a wine goblet to produce tones is documented back to Renaissance times. Galileo considered the phenom- phenomenon, uh, as did Ath- Athanasius Kircher. Uh, oh, and then, uh, gradually over time, it was sort of turned into an instrument. So the, the effect has been known a very long time. But uh, the Irish musician Richard Pockridge is typically credited as the first to play an instrument composed of glass vessels by rubbing his fingers around the rims. Beginning in the 1940s, he performed in London on a set of upright goblets filled with varying amounts of water. His career was cut short by a fire in his room which killed him and destroyed oh. his apparatus. Citation Jesus. needed, it says. <laughs> or did it? Did it happen? <laughs> but, I came in a bit soon, but here you go, Mikey. Um, Benjamin Franklin invented yes! <laughs> a radically new arrangement of the glasses in 1761 after seeing water-filled wine glasses played at Edward Delaval, uh, by Edward Del- Delaval at Cambridge in England in May 1761. Franklin worked with London glassblower Charles James to build one and it, uh, and it had its world premiere in early 1762, played by Marianne Davies. So that was essentially... Uh, the the instrument that we have today, Benjamin Franklin himself, known 
fart expert. Um, yes, writer of farts and writer about second marriages as well. Yeah. Also, in between writing those letters, created musical instruments. What a boy. Wow. He uh, created that. But we now skip ahead to a section of the article called Purported Dangers. <laughs> oh, no. The instrument's popularity did not last far beyond the 18th century. This may have been due to the inability to amplify the volume so as not to be drowned out by other instruments. Um, But some claim this was due to strange rumours that using the instrument caused both musicians and their listeners to go mad. Oh my god! It is a matter of conjecture how pervasive that belief was. All the commonly cited examples of this rumour seem to be German, if not confined to Vienna. One example of alleged effects from playing the glass harmonica was noted by German musicologist Johann Friedrich Rochiltz in the Allgemeine Musikalische Zeitung. Um, The harmonica excessively stimulates the nerves, plunges the player into a nagging depression, and hence into a dark and melancholy mood that is an apt method for slow self-annihilation. Jesus. Um, He then has three bullet points. Number one, if you are suffering from any nervous disorder, you should not play it. Number two, if you are not yet ill, you should not play it excessively. (laughs) <laughs> not and yet number, ill. If what you're a strange not yet way of saying healthy. <laughs> I know. Uh, and number three, if you are feeling melancholy, you should not play it, or else play uplifting pieces. Okay, thank you there, Johan. That's quite the warning label to come with a, a yeah. quite pleasant-sounding instrument. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marianne Davies, who I mentioned earlier, she's the one who debuted Benjamin Franklin's model. Um, she uh, also played flute and harpsichord. Uh, and was a young woman said to be related to Franklin, it says in little hyphened claws there, <laughs> uh, became proficient enough at playing the harmonica to offer public performances. After touring for many years in duo performances with her celebrated vocalist sister, she was also said to have been afflicted with a melancholia attributed to the plaintive tones of the instrument. Marianne Kirkgesner, which is a different Marianne, uh, was an harmonica player as well. She died at the age of 39 of pneumonia or an illness much like it. However, many others, including Franklin, lived long lives. Okay, right. Well, okay. we'll, we'll see how this goes. For a time, the harmonica achieved a genuine vogue, but like most fads, uh, that, uh, f- that for the harmonica eventually passed. That's a slightly strange wording. Uh, it had been claimed the sound-producing mechanism did not generate sufficient power to fill large halls that were becoming home to modern string instruments. Um, the instrument was uh, made with glass and subject to easy breakage, and perhaps that did not help either. Uh, by 1820, the harmonica had mostly disappeared from frequent public performance, perhaps because musical fashions were changing. Uh, but also, according to another article here, as well as uh, Marianne Kirchgesner passing away, um, allegedly due to the spooky tones of Franklin's <laughs> harmonica. Uh, uh, a young child in Germany also died during an harmonica performance, oh which resulted God. in some towns banning the instrument for good. <laughs> Aside from the physical toll the instrument supposedly took on players and listeners, some also believed that the high pitch sounds summoned spirits of the dead. Or that the harmonica had magical powers and, in some cases, drove individuals mad, as we've said. It was reported that it even caused listeners to commit suicide. 
Oh, oh my uh, god! Like the ring, like at the end of the tape, you die in seven days. But instead of that, it's at the end of a lovely performance. Yeah. In seven days, you'll become very sad. Uh, but there's one last thought here. A modern version of the purported dangers claims that players suffered lead poisoning because harmonicas were made of lead glass. Um, lead poisoning, of course, the symptoms of which include kind of uh, like neural issues. Like it can give you physical like tingling in your hands and feet, but it can also give you seizures. It can, you can like go into a coma uh, and uh, I don't know if it can quote unquote drive you mad, but I mean it can certainly affect your you know your nervous system. Yes. Uh, however, there is no known scientific basis for the theory that merely touching lead glass can lead to lead poisoning. Lead poisoning was common in the 18th and early 19th centuries, both for harmonica players and non-players alike. Doctors prescribed lead. Co- Doctors prescribed lead compounds for a long list of ailments, and lead or lead oxide was used as a food preservative and in cookware and eating utensils. Trace amounts of lead that that the harmonica players in Franklin's day received from their instruments would likely have been dwarfed by the lead they were receiving from other sources, such as lead content paint used to mark visual identification of the bowls to the players. So... Essentially, no one really knows why people were seemingly going a bit mad from either playing or listening to this instrument. Some people thought it could be down to lead poisoning, but there's no real scientific basis for picking up lead through your fingers, rubbing it on lead glass. And everyone was getting lead from other sources in those days anyway. So a bit of a mystery. This poor instrument was just scapegoated for everyone's issues. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess it was just people were, you just know, a devil instrument. Get it out of our town. Get the spook piano issues. out of here. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> they were just having issues for other reasons, and maybe some of them happened to have been to a a glass harmonica concert. That's science, uh, though, isn't it? It's like the yeah. Lavender Town theme song of its day. Mm. It is. It makes just all like the that. kids die. Yeah, indeed. So there you go. I uh, I stumbled across that the like well not the other day like a few weeks ago really and uh, I thought yeah bring that along. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Peter. You're welcome. Thank you. I want to forward to the return of the. Yeah, I want to. There's actually on the Wikipedia article. There's a (gasps) a, like a royalty free piece that you can just click a. Let me me share it with you. Warning: You may die. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah, you've got to be careful. (laughs) Uh, About halfway down the article. Uh, oh, on the yeah, right hand side under oh, yeah, a sheet of music okay. let's have a listen um oh oh it's very spooky and it's a bit haunting. Actually, isn't it oh wow yeah it's a bit harry potter theme song i think it is the same <laughs> instrument as uh what john williams used for the harry potter it must be it sounds thing. exactly the yeah. same god it sounds yeah. amazing That's i want to see cool. this they do still exist. A lot of the old ones, or most of the old ones, don't exist anymore. They've been destroyed, either accidentally or on purpose, I suppose. But um, yeah. there are some modern ones that have been rebuilt. So it's very easy to... I mean, you can just Google it and people are playing it on YouTube and stuff and not dying. So uh, <laughs> if anyone... That you know of. Yeah, as home, far as we well, know. We're all dying, really, at all times. Wow. Um but yeah, if you want to have a listen, then head to the Wikipedia page or to Google, uh, to YouTube or whatever. There's yeah. plenty, plenty out there. Go check it out. Nice. Mm. Well, we've got another question here. 
from Paul at Paul Zaremba 16, who says, if your home was on fire, everyone that you live with and all of your important documents and money are safe, what would you say that is important to you? A Funko Pop? Uh, your favourite <laughs> gaming stuff? Billy Clay Walrus? Okay, love you, bye. Oh, Ooh. that's a good question. I forgot about the little stash of vidiot stuff. I've got to keep that going. Yeah. What would you save, though? Um, what would you say? Oh, I know exactly what I'd save, actually. It's it's a piece of trash that I've carried with me for over six years now, and I refuse to ever get rid of it. <laughs> okay. Um, must have been, like, my second year of uni. I went down to London to visit a friend. We went to go watch a, a live screening of The Room, uh, famously the worst film ever made. And it was a lovely screening event, lovely big cinema. The director, one of the main actors, was there to do, like, an absolutely unhinged Q&A afterwards. They're all absolutely mental people it was great fun and much like the rocky horror picture show the film has like little traditions that you do during the film um kind of makes it more of like a sing-along interactive experience mm -hmm. okay. and one of my favorite bits was for some reason uh the kind of set designer for the film if they had one just decided to place frame pictures of plastic spoons around in the house <laughs> <laughs> and so just like in random shots of these two characters having like a really serious discussion just in the background there's a framed picture of some spoons and so whenever one of those uh framed pictures appears on screen the whole audience erupts screaming spoons and throws <laughs> hundreds upon hundreds of plastic spoons at the screen wow. every wow. time <laughs> and so i've uh, got the signed blu-ray um signed by the two guys and in inside the box i've got a plastic spoon that i picked up from the floor before the end of the screening <laughs> and it, it means a lot to me damn it even if it is just a bit of rubbish. Yeah. Brilliant. Special spoon. That. Yeah, special spoon. Nice. What about you, Peter? I mean, I could... I don't know if it would, would count as cheating, but I have a little tiny... I mean, it's not tiny, tiny, but uh, uh, I guess almost like a child-sized suitcase um, that has just all of my precious things in it. So I could oh. very easily just grab the little suitcase. It's about the size of like a laptop bag. Um, and, uh, it's kind of an old fashioned, like hard, like, uh, you know, like the kind of suitcase you'd see on a sort of kids being evacuated to the country in World <laughs> yes. War II. Right. Paddington has yeah. one. Yeah. Yes. It's that kind of thing. A little one of those. Uh, and I've got a whole bunch of things in there. I've got like, you know, like ticket stubs from shows I've been to and, uh, I've got corks from popped bottles of prosecco from um Aww. like special occasions like you know people's birthdays or christmases and new years and stuff which i i then write on what it's from so i've got loads of these corks from different different times so if i could you know just be cheeky and say well i just grab my suitcase of all my like keepsakes <laughs> then that's what i'd do but if not um I don't well, think there's anything... in the chaos, you've tripped over the suitcase and the contents are spilled everywhere. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I can't even think what's in there. So I, I can't really give an answer for like that. But I I also have like a sort of a vidiot's shrine in a cupboard. So maybe maybe something from there or... Um, I'm trying to think. Like some of my stuff is at the office as well. Like I've got like video, video game tat, uh, but that... That wouldn't be burning in my fire. So I, have I you still know. got those um, painted Converse we all received? Yeah, I've still yeah, got mine, good to yeah. put on your feet. Got my Converse. I've got some. I've got a load of people's art and like cards that they sent us when we were, you know, wrapping up. Um, I've got Billy so Clay Walrus who needs super gluing a little bit. He's slightly broken, but he'll be fine. 
So what I'm hearing is that there's too many treasures inside, so you're going to go down with the fire yeah, and I think you're dying, be at rest Peter. with the Vidiot's memorabilia. Possibly. I mean, and everything... <laughs> so I've got the case, and then the case itself is in this like very thin cupboard... Uh, which has shelves in it. And one of those shelves has all my Vidiot stuff arranged together. Uh, another one has all of my Spyro stuff arranged, like my my guide and my copies of the game and stuff. And then the other shelf has all of my PS1 games. So maybe I could just lug this entire cupboard downstairs um, <laughs> in the flames. So yeah. I've gone from cheating from taking the, the suitcase <laughs> to actually taking the entire entire mini wardrobe. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. <laughs> Fuck you. Okay. You can't stop me. Wow. <laughs> well, in which case, yeah, I'm just going right. to put out the fire. What do you think yeah. of that? Yeah, all right. Oh, Fine. All right. I'm going to not start the fire in the first place. Easy. <laughs> There's Mikey with his <laughs> plastic spoon. All his other belongings are gone. <laughs> it's special. No though. house. He's <laughs> just on the street with his oh, plastic spoon. Oh, I've got spoon. the happy memories, at least. This is this will get me yeah, through these hard times. happy memories of living somewhere warm and having belongings. <laughs> My question is, if you can afford a plastic spoon, how come you can't afford a house? Precisely. It really doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, Yeah. I completely agree. Ridiculous. Do you have a a non-cheaty answer, Ben? Is there any one thing that you think you would save? See, it's a challenge because my flat is so filled with stuff. Mm. Just things, belongings, possessions, that picking any one of them would be a bit of a challenge, I think. Um, Especially because so much of it is video game memorabilia or collectibles or old Game Boy things that do have monetary value. But they're insured. So I'll just let those burn, I suppose. (laughs) Fuck it. Uh, I mean, if I really think very hard about it, I suppose there is... I have like a little chest that's filled with two P's and one P's. And right. the two P's and one P's obviously aren't valuable, and I'll happily pour those out. But it's it's this beautifully engraved um, chest. I'm trying to find the right words to describe it. My grandparents used to live in Hong Kong, and they lived there for about um, 10 years or thereabouts. And they brought that back with them. And it, it I always eyed it up with great admiration whenever I saw it at their house. And my grandma eventually gave it to me. And mm-hmm. that is the chest but it, it does just keep pennies in it currently. But I suppose if there was something that had if there was something that, that that had any sort of sentimental value to me at all in this flat that I would save, it'd probably be that. So I'd just yeah. pour out the two peas and run off with that little box. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds nice. That would be I it. think as you're running out of the house with your little box, could you take your Danny DeVito cut out and put him by the window? This was the place you're up in frames. It's got a lovely sad frame going on there. Yeah, I want Danny uh. to stare out at the car park <laughs> oh, where God. everyone else has gathered. And I want him to know that he was left behind. And I also want to encourage the fire department to go to my flat first because they think that there's someone in there. They, yeah, oh, my God. Danny DeVito. Oh, Danny Danny DeVito. treasure Danny DeVito's in that burning flat. We've got to get him it's out. It's a treasure. We can't lose him. And then, you know, most of my stuff might survive. Who knows? Nice. I hadn't even thought tactic. of that kind of like things that have been given to me like i've got stuff that my grandparents gave me gave me as well which you know there's no even though it is all insured on contents cover it's not about that is it it's not mm. there's no financial replacement for you know if someone bought you a very similar chest it, it doesn't wouldn't be the same it doesn't matter it's like that wooden I, duck i got you from a service station you know you'd oh. be lost well, it's funny lost was, without that wouldn't you 
I would. It's on. It's on the fireplace. Inconsolable. Um, wow. See, look. You just. Just one oh, day yeah, you're gonna. Tempting fate. Just there. gonna kick it in, aren't you? Well, fortunately, the fireplace is not connected, oh, okay. so uh, it's it's okay. an ornamental fireplace. But I was about to say, actually, just before you said wooden duck, my grandparents, my my grandma. Um, used to have it's like the least kind of monetary valuable thing but just this little carved like whittled um canada goose it's like the, it, you could hold it in your hand it's really small and that sits on the mantelpiece and when i was a kid i used to see this on her shelf you know when i was like five or six and i used to just really like this goose that she had and eventually she gave it to me and it's things like that that you know you could buy me all the wooden geese in the world, or indeed wooden ducks, yes. if you were Ben Potter. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's not about the fact that it's... It, I don't care what animal it is or what it looks like. It's that, you know, I remember, like, baking biscuits in her kitchen and, like, looking at the goose and being like, oh, yeah, I like that goose. It's yeah. cool. <laughs> oh, I like um, that goose. Oh. Still the plastic yeah. spoon, That's like some sentimentality. Sorry? Still the plastic spoon. I'm st- yeah, um, I like my spoon, so I'm going <laughs> to yeah. stick with it. I think I've made the right choice here. It's a good spoon. That's a good, man. Yeah. Sounds like a good spoon. If I put any, literally any photo of the plastic spoon on the link dump, would you be upset because it's not your plastic spoon? No, I, I'm happy to share. I want other people to enjoy the plastic spoon, but I, I am the rightful owner okay. and proprietor of said spoon. I want people to know that. Fair enough, man. It's like an NFT, right? Me. <laughs> yeah. Do not copy Non-fungible and paste the spoon. Tupper, no, not Tupperware. Tableware. Tableware. Yeah. Very good. Mikey, have you got a thing? I do. I do. Would you boys like to hear about uh, furries for a short while? Oh, I don't know. Sorry, furries or furries? Furries. Oh, we're going back to to furries, are we? Uh, Mm -hmm. Of course. When did we recently go to furries? Not recently. recently. This is uh, Bristol days. Well, we're long overdue. So all hail the return of the furries. And in particular... A convention that took place in 2015 that ended in total disaster. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, it's a fun one. So, in September 2015, a group of furries came together with a brilliant idea. Rain forest. Uh, that's like forest and forest. You get it? Yeah. Right. Yep, right. Yeah, got you. Yep, yep. A convention for and by furries. This is the story of how that dream burned to the ground before their very eyes. Fairy conventions have a storied history. They started way back in the 1980s, which was a surprise to me. It's like they've been going on a long time. I thought it was a relatively recent phenomenon. Yeah. No, people have been doing it for a long time. And these conventions have been going strong ever since in countries all over the world, hosted by many different companies. Mostly, they go off without a hitch, but that wasn't the case for this convention. Rainforest is essentially the reverse of DashCon. Uh, and DashCon, for those of you who don't remember, was an event in 2014 for different members of Tumblr to come together in unity. It's uh, particularly noteworthy for having a ball pit as one of its main attractions. Oh, if yeah. you remember those memes, there's like a, a tweet that went out like, oh, con- good news, everybody. Everyone gets an extra hour in the ball pit. And that was the big selling point <laughs> when people got there. And of course, someone peed in it at some point. Of course. Yeah, of course. And that's, that's a hint of how things are going to be going at this convention. Where DashCon was a disaster caused by its organisers, Rainforest was a disaster caused by its attendees. Things start unravelling with a member of the event staff making a public announcement during the opening of the event. And they stated, 
I am absolutely sure there is no truth to the rumor that Rainforest is under an evil curse. <laughs> and the convention convention on that note got underway. It feels like a really weird thing to make a point of. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe they knew what was coming. It all started off innocently enough with a talent contest and the festivities got underway. All well and good. But as the night went on, some attendees started getting absolutely trashed. And I'm talking like... Jesus Christ, have these people ever drank before? What is going on? Kind of levels of trash. And these hours of partying unleashed a series of fortunate events that would continue to unravel through the night. A series and of a few unfortunate hours later, events or fortunate events? Unfortunate. <laughs> Nothing about this is fortunate. Wow, how fortunate. I ask for clarification. <laughs> and a few hours later, the destru destruction had officially begun. It started... Uh, with somebody deliberately loosening the bolt on one of the hotel toilets so that when the next person flushed, the water would flood from the toilet and everywhere into the bathroom. Oh. Uh, just a, a, a senseless act of vandalism. And almost immediately, the the bathroom was put out of service. An emergency uh, plumbers were called in, and but the damage was already done. And the water had, in fact, leaked through the floor to where the hotel was storing all of its servers. So lovely poopy oh. water all over their internet oh, services, God. which is nice. <laughs> Meanwhile, staff and security were threatening to throw out some of the guests. They had disabled their fire alarm in the hotel room so that they could hotbox their room. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a stinky room, I can imagine. <laughs> and down at the hot tub, a place usually for relaxing, someone... Another act of just weird, there's a theme here of just weird, what the hell are you doing, vandalism. But someone decided to take all of the towels that were lying around the pool, just lob them into the pool, um, allowing them to get all soggy and float around. And someone even had the bright idea of to bundle up sp uh, towels and jam them into the spa, into the, 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 the motor for the jacuzzi, causing it to just completely block and causing thousands of dollars in damage. For God's sake. This silly, silly miscreants. And it keeps going. They stepped it up a notch from Dashcon, from doing a number one in the ball pit to going number two in the swimming pool. Oh, it's just mm -hmm. spectacular, really. What well, round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> On the uh, official Rainforest Twitter account, they announced that, quote, due to vandalism, the hot tub is closed for the rest of the con. Sorry for the inconvenience. No mention of the brown logs that were invading. <laughs> And now back to the bathroom. There were rumours floating around on Twitter that someone had drilled a glory hole into one of the bathroom stalls. Right. Sadly, that wasn't actually confirmed, but uh, I could definitely see it happening. So I'm going to go with truth on that one. But what was confirmed was a haul of over 2,000 nitrous oxide canisters. Uh, commonly, well, not commonly, but known as hippie crack. It's what you inhale. It makes you go all light and fuzzy. And apparently these guys just absolutely love the stuff. And it was like the canisters were just left everywhere in the hotel, in rooms, hallways, just everywhere. And it didn't look great. <laughs> and the drug problem developed. First, a couple of people overindulged on mushrooms, proceeded to have a bad trip and were escorted off the premises into an ambulance. People continued to drink too much and... Emergency assistance had to be requested for several attendees to be taken care of. And while this, uh, these, these people were having the time of their lives in the back of ambulances, just at the other end of the car park, two people were arrested for drug dealing and drug possession. So it's like everywhere you look, something's going on. But while all this was going on, there was actually a convention going on around all the rabid partying. 
if you went into the main hall, you could be treated to such sights as grown men roaming around wearing nothing but diapers, uh, which is oh, which is nice. Okay. So, fun fact that I learned: um, this 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 act of wearing diapers has a has a name. It's called crinkling no. after the noise no, that makes like when that. they walk around. No, yeah, it's not good at all. No, that's enough. That shook me to my core a little bit. <sighs> And yes, of course, some of those diapers were indeed full. It does, no. it does make you feel a bit better about yourself, though, doesn't it? Yeah, this is, I mean, this is a bucket list to tick off if I've ever seen one. an ego so. boost hearing about what these guys are up to. I don't yeah. know why I expected, like, why was that a surprise to me that some of the diapers were full? Like, I just thought, okay, they, they wear them. That, that alone is, I mean, you know. Cosmetic not, diapers. I wouldn't normally yuck anyone's yum, but that's kind of... I mean, yes, yeah, that's of pretty course. Strange. All respect to fairies, the majority are lovely people, but here's here's a highlight of the worst. But yeah, I, I assumed it was maybe more of a cosmetic kind of, you know, a, an outfit. Effectively, it's a costume, but no, functional. Well, when you go as far as to put them on, you may as well make use of them. Why not? Why not? Especially when the toilet is out of order. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. They just bought them in as a, as a means of going bathroom when they needed to. Uh, later on, some attendees just started throwing food and used diapers around freely in the gardens and stairways of the hotel. And yeah, you can imagine the kind of war scene that the hotel looked like at this point. Uh, in, in the complete other end of the spectrum, there was a complaint made which Rainforest staff addressed during another public announcement in which they kindly asked hotel guests to use their hands for the elevator buttons rather than their feet. Oh, just, God. Just right. weird. <laughs> I guess if you've got a state... No, that doesn't even make sense in like animal character. You've got, you've got arms. Anyway. In the end, after all this tally, this absolutely disgraceful tally of events, the future was over for the con. Uh, the Hilton submitted a letter listing all of the reasons Rainforest would not be allowed at their venue from now on. The hotel damage was more than all other cons combined for that year. So that's quite a good, quite a good hit they had there. Mm-hmm. So like one, a couple of days over, over, overshadowed the entirety of the rest of the year. But it wasn't just the damages. Uh, Rainforest was insured and had over one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in the bank to pay it all. So theoretically, like it, it would have been a massive loss, but at least they could be safe from legal repercussions. But in the end, apparently, uh, the Hilton Hotel just literally said, "No, don't contact us anymore. We don't want your money. Just go. Wow. <laughs> we, don't, we don't want to deal with you anymore. Wow. We'll fix this. Just never contact us again." And as as you as you can expect, uh, hotel chains talk and quickly. Hotels all across the country were made aware of just what had unfolded at Rainforest and were prompted to ban them from ever hosting a convention ever again. And while there was plans for a Rainforest 2016, they just literally couldn't find anywhere that would house them. And so since then, it's been totally cancelled, never to be seen again. Wow. I'm going to Google this and see if... I mean, I don't know if I want to see whether there are any photos, but... Uh, oh, yeah. I didn't oh, there are plenty. That. I mean, of course there are, because... Oh, share some of the best in... Uh in our chat if you want to hear a a bit about uh positive furry culture go listen to one of our previous episodes where we delve into it a little bit Mm. with the assistance of a a member of our community oh there's a guy in a nappy that's the one i just found oh no (laughs) sorry i should say yes i've got uh, do what makes you happy this is just more pointing uh, pointing a light at just the scumbags who who really ruin shit Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah don't um don't, don't you know, just, yeah, as you say, do what makes you happy, but don't don't do it to an extent that it impedes others. Yeah, exactly. Like if you wanna if you wanna like crinkle, 
in your in the comfort <laughs> yeah. of your own home. If you want to use your your crinkly, mm. go for it. Yeah, but just maybe not in a hotel, you know, and maybe not in a swimming pool. Yeah, maybe not. Just an idea. Does he have ankle restraints on that boy? Oh, he uh, does, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, he's, he's got one of the uh, dog masks on as well. Now, we were advised in our previous ferry conversation that it is not all sexual. No, no, no. of course. But it, it sure does seem like a lot of the stuff coming out of this convention was pretty sexual. It's just a very loud, minor- well, we're led to believe it's the minority, certainly a, yeah. a loud section of the community, whether they're the minority or not. Um, There's a lot of I apologize in advance to furries out kinky there. stuff going on <laughs> at this particular convention based on the photos that I'm looking at. <laughs> definitely a handpicked selection. I'm sure there's plenty of smiling children pausing with. Oh, there would there can't have been children at this, right? Oh God, I didn't actually. Surely not. Oh, it looks like it actually. Oh, oh no. Christ. I found an image here that says this was taken at Rainforest, but I don't know if it was. Um, it's very easy for someone to just post this picture on the internet and say, oh, that was taken at the fairy convention, right. but maybe it was. I don't it know. is outside, so who's to say? It's yeah. just someone hugging a mascot. A, a small human, may I add, not just any human. Continues to Giant. fascinate me, this community. Yeah. It's it's so many questions. I I, like while researching this, I found I found another furry group that call themselves the Burned Furs. Okay, and they were like they were there to counter. I'm reading from a Wikipedia now. They were there to counter public acts of perversion within the furry fandom, and apparently they got like quite uh, violent and oh, wow. <laughs> like really oppressive. Like became like this weird fascist police force within the furries to keep everything pure. Um, so I might have to look, read into them properly one day and see if that's worth delving into. The only way to stop a bad furry with a nappy is a good furry with a nappy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> a good furry with some pull-up pants. Yes. Sort of, or some, like, a can-do or something. Yes. Oh, that'd be brilliant, yeah. They want to do a poo, well, that's my. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> you want to do a poo wherever, they don't care. <laughs> and that's, 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 for, wow. that's rainforest. Hope you enjoy Thank it. you, Michael. Thanks for that, Mikey. You're very welcome. Let's go to another question, this time from Dr. Otto Kano at Otto Kano underscore art on Twitter. If each of you were to release a Podiat's perfume slash aftershave, what scents would you choose? Oh. Oh. Um. 4 a.m. kebab shop. Okay. Oh. 4 a.m. specifically. The chill yeah. grill? Perhaps. Oh, chill grill at 4 a.m. God, yeah. That's a smell to behold. It's not a nice one, but it's interesting. You know, people smell that and like, they can't help but lock onto you in a room like, ah, this man, this man's got a storied past. Mm. Disappointing cheesy chips and grime on the floor. I love him. (laughs) Uh, I would maybe choose um, just to sort of post some tat scent. So it smells (laughs) of those like squishy stress things that Mm -hmm. have that weird artificial smell uh yeah. mixed with maybe like fruit loops hot and spicy cheetos um the burger pillow for good measure yeah, the burger, the burger pillow, pillow. <laughs> which didn't smell at all um you know the plasticky smell of bubble wrap everything just uh, everything we've ever received mm-hmm. uh, a sickly smell sweet of sweets and milk a delight to galore yeah 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 no that's a good um and sort of the, the kind of cigarette smoke we would sometimes smell when people had sent <laughs> things they'd bought at car boot sales and charity shops from that had been sitting in smokers' houses for a long time. The the yellow PlayStation 2 labels, they were the best. Yeah. 
run the full spectrum of smells. Mm. Beautiful. Ah, oh, man, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of one. You've you've hit the nail on the head there. Uh, perhaps the mm-hmm. uh, the Asda cake. Oh yeah, smell, sort of yeah. birthday cake smell. That very basic vanilla Victoria sponge with that icing <laughs> with on it. it. With a hint of shame from the ladies you had to ask about printing the cake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just a small hint of shame. Um, oh, I wouldn't mind that actually. Like that old smell. school cake smell in a candle, that'd be pretty it good. Too bad, yeah, would it? It'd be, be all right. Bad. Yeah. I'm trying to think if our room had a smell. I don't know that it did. Probably only after we'd been filming in it for a while. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. It smelled of paint for a, a few a few weeks. Yeah. It did. It did. Um, a new yellow smell. A podiat specific yeah, smell though. Oh yeah, Podiat specific, not just not vidiots. Not vidiots in general, but a mm. Podiat's perfume oh. slash aftershave. Oh, that is a tricky one. Mm. Yeah, I'm trying to think. A slightly metallic smelling one in memory of Kevin. Oh, Kevin, R.I.P. Yeah, been a while since we've mentioned him. Sorry, yeah. Kev. In my notes for the podcast, it still says mention Kevin, just to remind me oh. at the beginning of each episode. Got to talk about Kevin. Oh, he still lives on the arts. He does. Yeah, he does. Um, oh man, what? Come on, there's got to be something super obvious, right? That we're missing. Maybe one that smells of uh, what the psycho seagull left on Dave Benson oh, Phillips' God. car. Just <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, spray that all over me. Mm-hmm. Sounds lovely. Uh, we've got oh, meat face, maybe cooked meat face. I was thinking, yeah, order Feldhue's meat Felt, factory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> meat facery. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Odor meat face. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Odor rainforest. Maybe? No. Oh no, no absolutely that. not. No, no, don't no. Want Well, it's been about three and a half minutes, and no one said um, garlic and chips. So I just want to applaud us for that. Oh, well done. Oh, because wow. I was yeah, waiting. Well I was that. timing it. I was waiting for someone to say it, and nobody did. So we're really recovering. Hey, we're look at well. us go. Eh? Well done. Yeah. Ooh, smashing nice. it. There we are. There's our perfume coming soon. Smells of literally everything that we've ever received in post and tech. Can we just call it, I can fucking smell it? I can fucking smell it. No, that'll be the tagline on the advert. Yeah. Potty it's aftershave. You can fucking, can fucking smell, smell it. Smell it. <laughs> Go and ask. Go and ask. Go and ask your, your local beautician. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. It's time for my thing. Excellent. And it is time to talk about... The man who sold the Eiffel Tower twice. Oh sold. my God. Sold. Okay. This is a, a brilliant write-up from smithsonianmag.com by Jeff oh, Mache. Uh, I've cut some things out for the sake of brevity, but I recommend you go read it. Here we are. Are you ready to learn about this man? Yes, yes please. Count Victor Lustig, 46 years old at the time of his incarceration, was America's most dangerous con man. In a lengthy criminal career, his sleight-of-hand tricks and get-rich-quick schemes uh, had rocked jazz-era America and the rest of the world. (laughs) Finally, in 1935, Lustig was captured after masterminding a counterfeit banknote operation so vast that it threatened to shake confidence in the American economy. In the American economy. (laughs) Uh, It might sound like an evil name. Count what von Lustig? Count Victor Lustig. Lustig, oh. but I believe Lustig it means means funny when oh. you translate it into English. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Count funny. I think. Well, yeah. we'll find out how funny he is. Mm. A judge in New York sentenced him to 20 years on Alcatraz. 
Lustig was unlike oh, any wow. other inmate to arrive on the rock. He dressed like a matinee idol, possessed a hypnotic charm, spoke five languages fluently, and evaded the law like a figure from fiction. One Secret Service agent wrote that Lustig was as elusive as a puff, I think he means linear, of cigarette smoke, <laughs> and as charming as a young girl's dream. Oh, wow. wow. While the New York okay. Times editorialized, he was not the hand-kissing type of bogus count, too keen for that. Instead of theatrical, he was always the reserved, dignified noble man. The fake title was just the tip of Lustig's deceptions. He used 47 aliases and carried dozens of fake passports. He created Jeez. a web of lies so thick that even today his true identity remains shrouded in mystery. On his Alcatraz paperwork, prison officials called him Robert V. Miller, which was just another of his pseudonyms. The con man had always claimed to hail from a long line of aristocrat aristocrats uh, who owned European castles, yet newly discovered documents reveal more humble beginnings. In prison interviews, he told investigators that he was born in the Austria-Hungarian town of Hostine on January the 4th, 1890. Lustig claimed he stole to survive, but only from the greedy and dishonest. In the early 1900s, as a teenager, Lustig scampered up the criminal ladder, progressing from panhandler to pickpocket to burglar to street hustler. According to True Detective Mysteries magazine, he perfected every card trick known, palming, slipping, hands, uh, slipping cards from the deck, dealing from the bottom. And by the time he reached adulthood, Lustig could make a deck of cards do everything but talk. <laughs> First-class passengers aboard transatlantic ships became his first victims. The newly rich were easy pickings. When Lustig arrived in the United States at the end of World War I, the Roaring Twenties were in full swing and money was changing hands at a fevered pace. Lustig quickly became known to detectives in 40 American cities as The Scarred, thanks to a livid two-and-a-half-inch gash along his left cheekbone, a souvenir from a love rival in Paris. Yet Ooh. Lustig was, a, uh, was considered a smoothie, apparently, who had never <laughs> held a gun and enjoyed mounting butterflies. Records show smoothie. That's a that's a turn of phrase I've never heard. It's before. new that... to me as well. It must be time, must be period appropriate. Yes, yeah, smoothie Jenkins. You're a smoothie. You enjoyed <laughs> mounting butterflies. You can go to jail for that. Yeah, I think you can. Yeah, <laughs> records show that he was just five foot seven inches tall and weighed 140 pounds. His most successful scam was the Romanian money box. It was a small box fashioned from cedar wood with complicated rollers and brass dials. Lustig claimed the contraption could copy banknotes using radium. Lustig's repertoire also included fake horse race schemes, feigned seizures during business meetings, and bogus <laughs> real estate investments. These capers made him a public enemy and a millionaire. According to the crime magazine True Detective, Lustig was a man who society took by one hand, the underworld by the other, a flesh-and-blood jackal hide. On November the 3rd, 1919, he married a pretty Kansan named Roberta Noray. A memoir by Lustig's late daughter recalls how Lustig uh, raised a secret family on whom he lavished his ill-gotten gains. The rest he spent <laughs> on gambling and on his lover, Billy May Scheibel, the buxom owner of a million-dollar prostitution racket. The life this man has led is unbelievable, crazy. Then, in 1925, he embarked upon what swindling experts call the big store. Lustig arrived in Paris in May of that year, according to the memoir of US Secret Service agent James Johnson. There, Lustig commissioned stationery carrying the official French government seal. Next, he presented himself at the front desk of the Hotel de Crillon, a stone palace on the Place de la Concorde. 
From there, pretending to be a French government official, Lustig wrote to the top people in the French scrap metal industry, inviting them to the hotel for a meeting. Because of engineering faults, costly, rep costly repairs, and political problems I cannot discuss, the tearing down of the Eiffel Tower has become mandatory, he reportedly told them in a quiet hotel room. The tower would be sold to the highest bidder, he announced. His audience was captivated and their bids flowed in. It was a scam Lustig pulled off more than once, sources said. Amazingly, the con man liked to boast about his criminal achievements and even penned a list of rules for would-be swindlers. They're still circulated today. Would you like to hear his Lustig's Ten Commandments of the Con? Oh, I'd love <laughs> yes, to. please. Number one, be a patient listener. It is this, not fast talking, that gets a con man his coups. Number Ooh. two, never look bored. Number three, wait for the other person to reveal any political opinions, then agree with them. <laughs> Number four, let the other person reveal religious views, then have the same ones. Number Aww. five, hint at sex talk, but don't follow it up unless the other fellow shows a strong interest. Oh, that's a weird one. Number six, never discuss illness unless some special concern is shown. Number seven. Never pry into a person's personal circumstances. They'll tell you all eventually. Number eight, never boast. Just let your importance be quietly obvious. I love that. <laughs> I don't really know what it means, but it's great. Number nine, never be untidy. And number 10, never get drunk. Like many career criminals, it was, agree it was greed sorry, that led to Lustig's demise. Lustig had the audacity to trick a Texas sheriff with his money box and later gave him counterfeit cash, which attracted the attention of the Secret Service. Victor Oof. Lustig was a top man in the modern world of crime, wrote another agent called Frank Seckler. He was the only one I ever heard of who swindled the law. Teaming up with gangland forger William Watts, Lustig created banknotes so flawless they fooled even bank tellers. Lustig Watts notes were the super notes of the era, says Joseph Bowling, chief judge of the American Numismatic Association, a specialist in authenticating notes. Lustig daringly chose to copy $100 bills, those scrutinised most by bank tellers and became, like some other government, issuing money in rivalry with the United States Treasury, a judge later commented. It was feared that a run of fake bills this large could wobble international confidence in the dollar. Catching the Count became a cat-and-mouse game for the Secret Service. Lustig travelled with a trunk of disguises and could transform easily into a <laughs> rabbi, a priest, a bellhop, or a porter. Dressed like Jesus. a baggage man, he could escape any hotel in a pinch and even take his luggage with him. But the net was closing in. It, it feels like this guy is the basis for almost every con man in every movie. Yeah. yeah, this is very catch-me-if-you-can, isn't it? It is. Is there not? There must be a movie about this guy. Surely, if there right? isn't. This People are really, you know, missing out on they are an easy story. This is the first I've heard of him, honestly. Yeah, me too. Uh, Lustig finally felt a tug on the velvet collar of his Chesterfield coat on a New York street corner on May the 10th, 1935. A voice ordered, hands in the air. It was a victory for the Secret Service, but not for long. On the Sunday before Labor Day, September the 1st, 1935, Lustig escaped from the inescapable Federal Detention Center in Manhattan. He fashioned a rope from bedsheets, cut through his bars, and swung from the window like an urban Tarzan. When a group of onlookers stopped and pointed, the prisoner took a rag from his pocket and pretended to be a window cleaner. Landing <laughs> on his feet, Lustig gave his audience a polite bow and then sprinted away, and it says in quotes here, like a deer. <laughs> Lustig evaded the law. I can picture that, yeah. He was, yeah, he was, 
he's something else. Lustig evaded the law until the Saturday night of September the 28th, 1935. In Pittsburgh, the dashing crook ducked into a waiting car on the city's north side. Watching from a hiding position, federal officers leapt into their cars and gave chase. For nine blocks, their vehicles rode neck and neck, engines roaring. When Lustig's driver refused to stop, the agents rammed their cars into his, locking their wheels together. Sparks flew. The cars crashed to a halt. The agents pulled their service weapons and threw open the doors, and according to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Lustig told his captors, Well, boys, here I am. <laughs> what a boy. Count Like a deer. Like a deer, yeah. Count Victor <laughs> Lustig was hauled before the judge in New York on, uh, in November 1935. Just before sentencing, another journalist overheard a Secret Service agent telling Lustig, Count, you're the smoothest con man that ever lived. And then they kissed, probably. Mm. As soon as he stepped onto Alcatraz Island, prison guards searched Lustig's body for concealed watch springs and razor blades and hosed him down with freezing seawater. They marched him along the main corridor between the cells, known as Broadway, in his birthday suit. There was a chorus of howls, whistles and the clanging of metal cups against bars. He is somewhat superficially humiliated, Lustig's prison record said. Whatever his true identity, the cold weather took its toll on prisoner number 300. By December the 9th, 1946, Lustig had made a staggering 1,192 medical requests and filled 507 prescriptions. The prison guards believed he was faking, that his illness was part of an escape plan. He was transferred to a secure medical facility in Springfield, Missouri, where doctors soon realised he was not faking. There, he died from complications arising from pneumonia. Somehow, Lustig's family kept his death a secret for two years until August the 31st, 1949. But Lustig's Houdini-like departure from Earth was not even his greatest deception. In March of 2015, a historian named Thomas Andel from Lustig's hometown of Hostinay began a tireless search for biographical information about the town's most famous citizen. He must have attended school in Hostinay, Andel reasoned in the Hostinay Bulletin, yet he is not mentioned... He is not even mentioned in the list of pupils attending the, lo the local primary school. After much searching, Andel concluded, there is not a scrap of evidence that Lustig was ever born. <laughs> we may never know the true identity of Count Victor Lustig, but we do know for certain that the world's most flamboyant con man, con man died at 8.30pm on March the 11th, 1947. On his death certificate, a clerk wrote, for, for, cl wrote this for his occupation, Apprentice Salesman. Right. And that's yeah, it. That works out. That's Victor L Lustig. And Fantastic. The, the absolute good old days. Bonkers con man life that he was able to lead. The kind of stuff that you absolutely would not be able to do today in a million years. No. And yeah. uh, he did it he did all of it. That could have been 15 20 different people doing each yeah. of those scams. And yeah, uh, apparently the good old days of being able to say and do kind of whatever you want with confidence and people just taking your word for it and going along with it. Yeah. And people, you can do that. But now people just Google something on their phones. It's a lot harder to deceive. So rest in peace. This, this I love, wonderful kind like, of criminal. Yeah, I, I love that. I love all that kind of stuff. I mean, like you say, Ben, you can't really do a lot of this kind of thing now. And obviously that's a good thing in the sense that people are less likely to get, you know, to be the victims of crime. People are less likely to escape from prison. Mm -hmm. But... You know, there was a kind of golden golden age of, you know, amazing Fun cons time. and uh, jail breaks and stuff. Like the guys who escaped from Alcatraz, that was genius, where they, oh, like, yeah. they made a load of fake heads um, out of papier-mâché or something uh, with hair on them and stuff, and then placed those on their pillows so that 
the guards wouldn't realize that they weren't sleeping in their beds until the morning. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, just I think stuff. they didn't they like form a raft out of like old raincoats that they gathered around from the prison or something like that. Like, <sighs> Maybe proper... I mean, yeah, I don't even know, but I think a few people escaped. Um, some people were like brought back in, and uh, a couple of people never got found. And it's I think it's assumed that they drowned, but no one knows. But yeah, wow. It is bonkers. Is it? Um, it's Wes Anderson, isn't it, Mikey? Who did um, uh, Isle of Dogs and yeah, Grand yeah. Budapest Hotel? Oh yeah, he'd be good. I, I can. I'm picturing this totally movie. Yeah, I'm picturing this as a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, because oh, be it's so far fetched that it it doesn't it doesn't feel possible. Yeah, you need some kind of comical angle on it, don't you? I I've just, I looked up uh, the man who sold the Eiffel Tower on IMDb, and there is a film listed in pre-production. Uh, oh. The poster is the most MS Paint job oh, I've ever seen. So not very hopeful. Uh, <laughs> it's dreadful. a dreadful, oversharpened picture of the Eiffel Tower with just the most MS Paint dodgy word art. <laughs> but next to it, it's it's <laughs> it doesn't look very official at all. Yeah, so that's, that's probably a, yeah low budget production. Someone needs to make this into a proper movie. God yeah, damn it. Um, but yeah, go find the article if you want. The man who sold the Eiffel Tower twice, Smithsonian Mag. Very, very good write-up. Very comprehensive. A real story. Um, <laughs> but it was actually from 2016. This article, so it was a while ago. Mm. Oh, shit. Um, but you know, he died a lot longer ago than that. He did. So. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not, not exactly. Doesn't news. really matter. <laughs> there we are. That was my thing. Would you guys like a final question? Yes. Let's please. have it. It's from John Stewart at J Stewart Film on Twitter. So is episode fifty dead, or are you, or are you till doing that live when the panorama ends in three years? <laughs> For God's sake! Beautiful. Um, I, I mean, by all counts, yes, that's still happening. Um, oh, we got the message in there. Front it is. Of us. You have a, read that for me, Mikey. So is episode 50 dead or are you till doing that live when the panorama ends in three years? Yeah, that's exactly what it says. Send that's tweet. beautiful. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, by all means, we're still, we're, we're not just pushing them into the fiery depths of nothingness. They, no. they are still planned. Um, yeah. It's done if you've been aware the last two years have been quite difficult to... There's been a panorama on. Panorama, yeah. <laughs> a really yeah. good episode as well. Yeah, <laughs> but I think... Fingers crossed. I mean, this is just me going off my own head here, but at some point this year, you, you can very much expect those. Um, that I will be. I will be. I'm due a good proper visit up north. Um, so I will be. I will be. We'll, we'll put in the damn effort and get it done. Yeah. Yeah. There are a couple of occasions where we will all be together this year. I mean, not that like because at my wedding we'll be together, although we're probably not going to have time on the day oh, to do a audience. Um, but. And then, yeah, if you do a visit up here or if we visit down there, uh, you know, now that it's allowed, I'm sure there will be multiple opportunities for us to finally do episode 50. Um, yeah, so, we want to do it in yeah. person. That's the plan. And we're closing we on do. episode 100 as well. Yeah. God. So, yeah, we're probably going to skip over that one too. What episode are we on now? Oh, like 92 or something. Oh, my God. Jesus. Well, that close. Yeah, 94. This is 94. 94. So... We are, I mean, they're fortnightly episodes, so we've got a few weeks, but uh, yeah, certainly we may end up having to record episode 50 and 100 at the same time. <laughs> That's mad. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but the short answer is, John, we are till doing that uh, live um, now that the panorama is hopefully coming to a close. Yes. 
well, we'll see. But, but we're learning but, to live with it at, at least. We're just rereading John Stewart's tweet at the end. Does he imply that there's still another three years of panorama to come? Well, maybe yeah. John knows that. something, you know, about the panorama that we don't. Mm. Oh, John, please hurry things along for us. <laughs> come on, the the the, the, the mission. The, what the, what's the uh, character in the Matrix? The controller or something? Yeah, he oversees everything. John, come on, do us a favor. Come on, John. I don't think I can enter year four of the Pepper Army at this point. We're <laughs> <laughs> tired, John. Let us go. Well, there we are. That is your pod, Yitz. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Um, if you would like to, you could go to some kind of web store. Is that right, Michael? You are absolutely correct. If you go onto your device of choice and whack in store.yogscast.com into the address bar, you'll, you'll be greeted with a wonderful array of goodies and trinkets. Most importantly is the lovely Vidiots section, which is filled to the brim with goodies. We've got... T-shirts, mugs, and hoodie for your wearing and using pleasure. Uh, go check it out. There's no discount code still, but you know, keep an eye on the Yogs Twitter. You might, you might see some good deals there, like free shipping internationally. Wowie! Mm, wow. So yeah, Store.yogscast.com. Check it out. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all.com forward slash official. Bit.ly forward slash official Discord. If you'd like to come to our Discord. <laughs> hey, did you forget we had one? We did, briefly. We did. <laughs> uh, but it does exist. So, hey, Podiots fans, you want to come hang out with other Podiots fans? Why not go blow the dust off our Discord? There's a brand new Podiots channel. And we're going to mm. start promoting it now. So hopefully more people come in and say hello. But it is there if you want to go there. Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Vidiots official as well. We stream there very, very, very occasionally. Streamlabs.com forward slash Podiots donations. Donate £3 or more to get a shout out at the beginning and the end of the show and also join Pod Squad. Mikey, kick us off once more with the Pod Squad this week. We have the generous Plops Ahoy, the equally generous Wordle Warrior, Queen Clit of the Elf. Sorry, Queen Clit of the Elven Cunts. I really wish I didn't try that again. Didn't mm. hear that again. <laughs> Pro Trainer, the generous Gaffer Man, Jason Allenby, Naked Chegwin's Work Event, Katie Kin Solo, David's Dick in Son, Ben Saved My Drunk Uncle, Wagatha Christie, Big Titty Jesus 42, Mr. David Dickinson, Donak 07, and Mr. Blobby Becomes a Fireman. Thank you all. As well as Arseface, Mr. Black, Dabatha Christie, Caroline Where's the Stopcock, Stucalicious, <laughs> I'm Trapped in Mikey's Garden, Kevin from Con, Hawkman 105, Stephen Skodes, Lord Brotovich, Yadar Sells Avon, Joseph Starlinia, you know it's all about their coom, uh, the very, very generous Trelex, and will my bowls be kissed? Mike Hunt, Stings, Sting, Saylot, oh. uh, Councilman Dextrous, I'm in your walls, Neil, Pingu's dad burnt down the igloo, come Tuesday, Mr. Macca, the very generous reggae reggae horse, thank you so much, Jewel... Jules here. I did no. I did no shid or fard. Cunter uh, McDumbo. Cunter McDumbo. I don't know. Just keep swimming, Ash. Sorry. Drunk last donation. Phase one. Collect underpants. Phase two. Question marks. Phase three. Profit. And Finn Tristam. That's your pod squad. Thank you again to all of you. Really appreciate it. Streamlabs.com forward slash 
Podiat's donations, £3 or more to get a shout-out at the beginning and the end of the show. Nothing's out on Vidiots this week, uh, four years ago, because we hadn't launched yet. But by next episode, we might have. Someone yeah, dug up the uh, the 501 tweet we were talking yes, about did. last time. I should, I should, what's, I should, I'm going to find that and find the date for it, because we can... That should be earmarked as an important day in Vidiot's history. Uh, <laughs> I was um, going through my work computer when I got in today and just clearing it out of a load of stuff. And in my downloads folder about two years ago, for some reason, I don't know if I did it by accident, I downloaded the um, the teaser we put out where it was just a, a yellow V in, oh, and it was yeah. like 2001 Space Odyssey music Ooh. playing like the Dawn of Man or whatever it's called, you know? Um, yeah, I think so I saw that today. Line, actually, that's probably oh. about right for this this time four years ago. Still got. Do you want to guess? Go on, Mikey. Ooh. I was going to say, do you want to guess when the uh, the announcement tweet came out? Um, Jan- mm. January the it wasn't January the fifth, was it? Like early. Didn't expect oh, no, it. No, no, a bit later than that. Late Jan, like the the. I don't know. Today, you're both, com- you're both completely off. It's the twelfth of January. Sadly, we've missed it, oh. so we we'll have to celebrate that, that anniversary next year for <laughs> the justice it deserves. This time next year, we'll just have to do it then. Oh, yeah. Here we are. I was going to say I've still got all of the very early um, Vidiot's assets that Mikey mocked up, different logos and color schemes and stuff. Oh and yeah, stuff involving VHS tapes that I thought looked really cool. Yeah, yeah. got there somewhere. We should do. We should post those at some point. My, uh, on my computer at work, I've still got every raw recording from every wow. video. Yeah, because you'll still have the same PC, won't you? Yeah, yeah, I'm wow. still using the same PC. I need to move them off at some point. Maybe if I like a dig around and see if there's any weird goodies hidden in there. But yeah, I've got all the raw footage for pretty much everything we did in that time. Wow, Jeez. that's amazing. That's a crazy. true treasure trove. A bound to. That's what you'd save from the burning building. <laughs> yes, like his PC tower. Uh, speaking of mikey's pc tower mikey where can people find you on the internet something about that pc tower you can come to my twitter tower at paraboy where i uh post occasionally not too much to be honest but hey you got a nice picture of karen looking grumpy and triangular today so it's worth sticking around for that and i i stream on occasion uh on twitch Paraboy again. Uh, I play. I play lots of weird, fun games. I stream on occasion, so it's worth it's worth keeping an eye out because I, I don't tend to have much planning or anything involved. You just get slapped with a stream, so get ready. Excellent. And Peter, where can people find us? Us, us, us. I'm Oof. sure they all know by now that we are Team Triple Jump as a as a pair. Uh, plus one, who is not a Mikey replacement and never could be. <laughs> Everyone is on their own merits. Um, but uh, head to Team Tri- Triple Jump on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook to see what we're doing. We're doing live streams, videos, lists, worst games ever, cooking, rules boss, prove it. I mean, some of those things haven't happened for a long time, but they're not dead. They're just no. they're, they're be- somewhere better than memory cards in that they have not been <laughs> completely axed. They're not dead, uh, they're just changing. They are just changing. They're just changing. Uh, <laughs> and you can also catch Ben and I on our individual Twitter profiles as well. That's at that Peter Austin and at confused underscore dude. Yes. Yes, indeed. Why not leave us an iTunes review or a review slash rating on your platform of choice? Five stars, please. Five stars, please. Thank mm. you. Uh, it really helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. We love it. Thank you. Do we have a final question for people at home to answer? Uh, what would they save from their burning houses? 
Yeah. Yeah, tell us. Fantastic. Mm. Well, you will look after yourselves. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. We love you very much. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.